listening to Rock and Roll Flashback with your hosts, Jumpin' John McDermott and Bill Price. The British are coming! It's 1964 and the British have arrived. Welcome to Rock and Roll Flashback. I'm Jumpin' John McDermott, and we'll be looking back at some of rock and roll's greatest artists, songs, and stories. Today we focus on little-known Marsha Albert, the innocent letter that she wrote to a DJ, and the tumultuous events that followed during the The British British Invasion. invasion. On December 10th, 1963, CBS Evening News anchor Walter Cronkite was looking for something positive to report. He reran a Beatlemania story that was originally supposed to air on CBS on November 22nd. That report had been shelved because of the unfortunate assassination of President Kennedy. After seeing the report, 15-year-old Marsha Albert of Silver Spring, Maryland, wrote a letter the following day to disc jockey Carol James at Washington, D.C. radio station WWDC. Marsha asked, why can't we have music like that here in America? James obtained a copy of the Beatles single, I Want to Hold Your Hand. On December 17th, James had Marsha Albert Introduce I Want to Hold Your Hand live on the air. WWDC's phones lit up and Washington, D.C. area record stores were flooded with requests for a record they did not have in stock. James sent taped copies of the record to other DJs around the country, sparking similar reaction. On December 26th, Capitol Records released the record three weeks ahead of schedule. Marsha Albert had indirectly forced a major record company into an earlier release of a song than they had originally planned. I Want to Hold Your Hand quickly sold a million copies, becoming a number one hit in the U.S. by mid-January 1964. Soon after, VJ released Introducing the Beatles album, Capitol released Meet the Beatles album, and Swan released the single She Loves You. In 1964 alone, the Beatles would have 30 different listings on the Hot 100. The proverbial floodgates were open. On January 3rd, 1964, the Jack Parr program ran Beatles concert footage licensed from the BBC as a joke, but it was watched by 30 million U.S. viewers. Then on February 7th, the Beatles landed at New York's John F. Kennedy Airport, greeted by an estimated crowd of 3,000. They gave their first live U.S. television performance two days later on The Ed Sullivan Show. That show was watched by approximately 73 million viewers in over 23 million households, or a 34% share of the American population. 
During the week of April 4th, the Beatles held 12 positions in the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart, including the top five. Beatlemania was here to stay, and the Beatles' popularity generated unprecedented interest in British music. Many other UK acts subsequently made their American debuts, successfully touring over the next three years. The Beatles' phenomenal success in the U.S. had opened the door for British acts, such as the Rolling Stones, the Zombies, the Kinks, Small Faces, the Dave Clark Five, Herman's Hermits, the Hollies, the Animals, the Moody Blues, Jerry and the Pacemakers, the Searchers, the Yardbirds, the Who, and them, as well as solo singers like Dusty Springfield, Scylla Black, Petula Clark, Tom Jones, and Donovan. The British invasion of America was in full swing. So where did this influential British music scene spring from? Back in the late 1950s, the rebellious tone and image of U.S. rock and roll and blues musicians became popular with British youth. This initially inspired the skiffle craze, and gradually British bands adapted American styles, in particular black blues and rockabilly music. While U.S. acts were popular in the United Kingdom, few British acts had achieved any success in the U.S. prior to 1964. However, the bland pop music of U.S. acts was starting to bore American teenagers. The added national trauma of the assassination of President Kennedy left teenagers yearning for more upbeat music. In October 1963, the first newspaper articles about the frenzy in England surrounding the Beatles appeared nationally in the U.S. During November, a number of major U.S. print outlets and TV programs published and broadcast stories on the phenomenon that had become known as Beatlemania. Then came Marsha Albert's letter. One week after the Beatles entered the Hot 100 for the first time, Dusty Springfield became the next British act to reach the Hot 100, peaking at number 12 with I Only Want to Be With You. During the next three years, many more British acts with chart-topping U.S. singles would appear. On May 1, 1965, British acts had nine hits in the weekly Cashbox Singles Top 10. The following week, on May 8, British acts had nine hits in the weekly Hot 100's Top 10. That same year, British acts held the number one position on 28 of the 52 weeks on the U.S. charts. The British trend would continue into 1966 and beyond. British invasion acts also dominated the music charts at home in the United Kingdom. It has been said that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. With the invasion, the Brits had taken the lead as the international center of music and fashion. The USA had fallen behind and became the followers and imitators of the Brits in entertainment, in fashion, and of course in music. In film, there was the popularity of Julie Andrews, of Sean Connery in the James Bond series, and a whole new wave of British actors such as Peter O'Toole, Michael Caine, and Peter Sellers. In television, you had British espionage shows such as Danger Man, 
which was renamed Secret Agent in its U.S. airings, The Saint and the Avengers. American TV quickly developed their own spy shows. U.S. TV also started producing shows such as Shindig and Hullabaloo to play the new British hits. Fashion and image distinguished the Beatles from their earlier U.S. rock and roll counterparts. Beetle boots and mop-top haircuts became the rage. Mod fashions such as the miniskirt and bell-bottom jeans from swinging London became popular worldwide. U.S. teens and young adults started to dress hipper. The British invasion essentially brought rock and roll and blues music back to the USA. What suffered as a result? Instrumental surf music. Pre-Motown vocal girl groups. The folk revival. The teen idols that had dominated the United States charts in the late 1950s and early 1960s. All of them suffered in popularity. Interestingly, the Motown sound actually increased in popularity during this time. The Supremes, the Temptations, the Four Tops each secured their first top 20 record during the invasion's first year of 1964 and followed up with many other top 20 records. Other black artists who had success during the mid-1960s included The Miracles, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Marvin Gaye, Martha and the Vandellas, and Stevie Wonder. The British invasion also played a major part in the rise of a distinct genre of rock music. Rock groups centered around guitars, keyboards, and drums became the norm. Many groups also began producing their own material as singer-songwriters. U.S. groups such as the Buckinghams and the Sir Douglas Quintet adopted British-sounding names. San Francisco's Bo Brummels took their name from the same named English dandy. Roger Miller had a 1965 hit record with a song titled England Swings. Nevertheless, the British sound was not in itself a wholly new or original one. Roger McGuinn of The Birds, for example, acknowledged the debt the U.S. artists owed to British musicians such as The Searchers. McGuinn said, they were using folk music licks that I was using anyway, so it's not that big a ripoff. The British invasion had pushed the counterculture into the mainstream on both sides of the Atlantic. By the late 1960s, society in general seemed to have a more hip feel. Long hair for young men, initially a sign of rebellion, became more commonplace. Even older men were adopting sideburns and longer hairstyles. As U.S. culture shifted in response to the Vietnam War and the resulting civil unrest in the late 1960s and early 1970s, the influence of the British invasion faded. By 1967, a relatively homogenous worldwide rock music style had emerged. As the cultural aspects of the British invasion waned, British musical acts retained their popularity throughout the decade and into the 1970s, competing with their U.S. counterparts as they returned to prominence. British progressive rock acts of the 1970s were often more popular in the U.S. than their native Britain. 
the U.S. working class was generally favorable to the virtuosity of progressive rock acts, while the band's British audiences were confined to the more genteel upper classes. This has been Rock and Roll Flashback, the British Invasion. Not only are we planning a couple podcasts about the Beatles, but we also will air podcasts about later British invaders. So check back to catch podcasts on such influential groups as the Dave Clark Five, the Moody Blues, the Rolling Stones, the Kinks, Herman's Hermits, the Hollies, the Animals, the Yardbirds, and the Who. This has been Rock and Roll Flashback. I'm Jumpin' John McDermott. And until next time, rock on, rock on, rock on, rock on, rock on.